right, so with that, you guys also get one special privilege before we send you back to your seat. We're going to invite up Art. All right, and Art is going to preach with his grandson strapped to him. And we're going to pray that there's no accidents this morning because that'll be embarrassing. But you guys are going to help me pray for Art this morning, okay? And then after we're done praying for Art, you're going to go back to your seats, and, uh, and then you're going to fill out your little papers uh, with your parents, okay? All right, so, all right, so if you guys would come up here and gather around Art and put your hand on Art or come on, Oliver. Come, come on, on, stand up here. Put your hand around Art. Something on, on Oliver, too. All right, and, and we're going to pray for him this morning, okay? Come on, guys. Thank you. All right. All right. All right, if you guys would close your eyes, bow your heads, let's pray. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, we thank you so much for Art, for the gift he is to our church. Thank you for the way that you've used him to, uh, to lead us. And God, this morning we pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon him as he delivers your word to us. May, uh, may we actually be open and receptive to all that you might have to say to us. And may you, we leave here not the same, but changed and more transformed in the image of your son. And uh, be with Oliver. Let him hang tough. It's going to be a hard 20 minutes for him as well. So we love you, Jesus. And all of God's kids said, amen, amen and amen. All right, you guys head back to your seats. And we'll see you at the end of church in the back. Well, well, well. So I was uh, at the Hamilton School work day the other day. I didn't... I didn't, his head is right in the middle of my notes. <laughs> it's great that we have our kids with us this morning. We're all together. In fact, the children being with us today is, is part of this morning's message, including uh, my, my grandson, Oliver, whom I call Spider, because a boy has to have a nickname that puts fear in the heart of a pitcher when he's announced coming up to bat. <laughs> and I just couldn't, as much as I love the name Oliver, I think it's a great name, it's a happy name, it's not going to be a great baseball name. But can you imagine this, now batting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> Number 15, second baseman, Spider Torn. Just put the dude on first base. Just automatic hit. So we'll see how we do here with little Oliver. So I'm, I'm at the Hamilton Workday the other day, and I see this shirt that one of, uh, one of our kids is wearing. And the shirt says, go swole or go home, which means, like, get buff. Go all the way in. Go for it or quit. No in-between. Now, I want you to imagine with me a couple of scenarios and keep that idea of being buff, being powerful, being majestic, being stately, being swole in your mind through each of these examples. I am the coach, imagine with me, I am the head coach for the San Francisco 49ers, who will win today, by the way. <laughs> we are down by three points. It is the Super Bowl. And it's halftime of the Super Bowl. And someone comes to me and says, Coach Greco, we need your most inspiring, dynamic halftime speech ever. We're only three points down, and this is the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that Super Bowl. Will you come before the team 
Get the linemen, the 350-pounders up in front. Come before the team and give your most powerful, manly, dominant speech. How successful am I going to be if I walk in dressed like this? How swole do I look right now? Or imagine this. All the moms are clapping. All the dads are saying, where's the exit? Is there an exit? <laughs> I'm the president and CEO of IBM, and our sales are down, and our stockholders are upset, and they're wanting to hear from their president and CEO, something that assures them that everything's going to be okay. And out from the side of the stage walks their president and CEO with his grandbaby in a Bjorn to give this inspiring message. How swole do I look? Not so swole. Not even swell. I mean, I don't look anything. No, no coach. What? what? I'm preaching here. Yours is next week. Listen now, listen now. We, can we agree? No coach in his right mind or her right mind. No corporate executive in his or her right mind who wants to make a dominant, send a dominant message, an inspiring message, a message that makes people feel powerful, feel like they can go well beyond what they're normally equipped to do, would ever strap on the Bjorn and carry the baby into the message, except for one leader, our leader, except for Jesus. Because in Jesus' way of thinking, swole and humble are synonyms. Jesus seemed to almost go out of his way to choose the weakest option, the weakest people, the people with the least potential, the least likely to exceed. Jesus went out of his way to whisper his message that should have been shouted and then challenge us to shout it. But he challenges us to shout it in the world by means of some sort of a powerful, dominant, um, um, intriguing whisper to, to be powerful gently. He always chose the weakest option. And his choice was always the strongest choice. This journey that we're on, because we've been, this is, we're drawing down on this series, Journeys to God Knows We're. And here's today, hi, honey. Here's today's point. We've been trying to, to equip ourselves and understand this journey. Here's today's point. Today's point is this that the Christian journey is a humble journey. In fact, if you read Jesus, listen to Jesus, learn Jesus, follow Jesus, observe Jesus, you see Christ time after time after time with every opportunity trying to make that point. You read the teachings of Jesus and you wonder how in the world his disciples could have missed it. This journey is a humble journey. In other words, the Christian journey to God knows where, the humble journey to God knows where, grows from small and insignificant starts and expands in quiet and slow but very steady ways. These are just a few of the examples that I want to share with you this morning of how Jesus is trying to make, uh, that we want to share with you this morning about how Jesus is trying to make that point. Can I stop and ask a question? How in the world do you moms use these things for more than 10 minutes in the mall walking around? How in the world was Jesus trying to make this point? Because our journey is a humble journey. 
He makes a point, first of all, by showing one of the many ways that the, you look at this, every time Jesus points to a hero on the path to God knows where, a hero in the journey to God knows where, he points to a humble hero. The journey is a journey of humble heroes. For instance, in Matthew 21, I'm going to begin reading at verse 12, an example of a humble hero. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. And he overturned the tables, the money changers, and the benches, and of those selling doves. Jesus was being, he had a swole moment there. And he said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a place of profit, a den of robbers. And then listen to this, the blind, there's humility, that's weak. And the lame, those are the people that walked around with a virtual Bjorn strap to them, came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and listen to this, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. It's like the children are running around yelling, there's God right there. That's the one. This one's special. When they saw this, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. The Heroes of this journey are humble heroes. Jesus is trying to make the point. Ours is a humble journey. Jesus gives another illustration, another example of this in Matthew 19. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. That's all they wanted. Don't need a lot of time. Just here, here, Jesus, will you place your hands on little Oliver and pray for him? And the disciples said, our Lord and his followers are busy people. You don't just prance right in to the room with someone like Jesus and those of us who are really close to him and expect him to take time to bless your little child. Deal with it. Leave. And Jesus says, let the little children come to me. In other words, and actually it literally could be translated, stop hindering the children from coming. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went out, he went on from there. And Mark chapter 10, that's Matthew's version, Mark 10 adds this afterward. Truly, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms... And he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. And trust me, they started making sounds like, God! And the Jesus I know, I don't think it takes too much imagination. I don't think it's too much of a stretch. The Jesus I know felt delight from the center of his being and held them up as they drooled on his beard and made baby noises right back. Now I wonder if he didn't say, ah, the Spirit of God will be strong in this one. Oh, this one will minister to his people. This one will bless her parents. 
of all the options available to him to choose as representatives of this journey toward Christ called Christianity, the journey into which we're inviting all of us. Jesus insists on using the weakest, most invisible, most truly humble of options. And he does that over and over and over again. Blind and lame adults and unrefined screaming children who can't do anything except say, Hosanna to the son of David, skipping around in the temple courts. And the religious became indignant. The leader, the creator of the religious people, was blessed. By design, ours is a humble journey. Second and last point. This is a journey of humble uh, humble people, humble uh, heroes. But this is also a journey of humble examples. Jesus makes that point pretty clear. Matthew 13, you have the example, he gives an example of a seed, but he said the kingdom of God is like this, the smallest of all known seeds at the time. It's something that's planted, so, it's so small, it's insignificant, yet it grows into a great tree and birds come and land in it. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, and though it was the smallest of all the seeds, at least known at that time, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so the birds come and perch in its branches. So you have this humble example, the smallest of all, yet somehow when planted it grows to be large, but seemingly insignificant. You have all these seeds on a table, you wouldn't choose that one if you could choose any of them. He has another example, example of leaven or yeast in bread. He told them still another example. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And you know what happens? 60 pounds of flour that you can see pretty clearly, and this virtually unseen leaven, what happens when you cover it with the cloth and leave it overnight? The example of the small seed, the example of the leaven, and then you have the example, because our journey is a journey of humble examples. You have the example of our leader, Jesus, who, though the creator of everything that has been created, allows himself to be captured by what he created and who created, and then even ridiculed publicly. John 13, after that, he poured water into a base, uh, and, and, and he, well, first of all, the example of him washing the feet of his own disciples that he created. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. This was the job, as most of you know, of the lowest servant in the household. And they walk into the house expecting Jesus to sit on the throne. And instead, he takes a towel, gets down on his knees, and seats them in a the throne and begins to take their sandals off and wash their feet. And they want to say to Jesus, you're Jesus. We understand who you are. Will you autograph my sandal for me? And instead of taking a pen and signing the shoe, Jesus takes them off and takes a towel, dampens it, washes their feet, kisses their feet, cares for them. After he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he said, do you understand what I have done for you? 
You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You should practice humility. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. I, I, now that you know these things, you would be blessed if you do them. Do what things? Humble things. Why? Because this journey to God knows where is a humble journey. Jesus could not have made that point any more clear. Humble heroes and humble examples, including the example of our own leader. He allows himself to be ridiculed and crucified. Matthew 27, the governor's soldiers, picture this, took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They went and got everybody. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. No, they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and they put a staff in his right hand. Here, hold this. His trembling right hand, already in great pain. They put a staff in his right hand, and then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Oh, we knelt down to worship you with your great throne and your great staff. And he allows this. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. And listen, they spit on him. They took the staff from his hand and struck him on the head with it again and again and again. And he allowed it. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own clothes on him, and then they led him away to crucify him. This is a journey of humble heroes. This is a journey of humble examples. And by the example of Jesus, it's also to be a journey of humble followers. Our journey is a humble journey. He made it very, very clear. Our journey to God knows where. It's not a journey. Listen, listen, church, okay? Walk out with this. Our journey to God knows where is not a journey of sword banging. It's not a journey of political power. It's not a journey of celebrity connections or louder, more logical arguments or better focus on our families or unblemished moral records. If that is our... We have completely, fully <laughs> missed Jesus. Thank you very much for the help. <laughs> How could we long for Christ so fully, yet miss Him so completely? This is a humble journey. And the church is to practice it and walk it humbly, like a baby, with inhibitions gone, trusting that whatever it is my grandfather has hooked me into here is not going to break, not going to fall and hit my head. And it's a journey that when God looks at us, He must look at us like children. And He thinks things like, well, it's okay for Him to sit in that back, that pack and shake His head like this, because just discovering that muscle, because that's what babies do. It's okay for Him to cry and mess His pants in the middle of a sermon. 
That's what babies do. Mm -hmm. Listen. I know for a fact God's changed a few of my diapers. I made some messes he's cleaned up. And so have you. Our journey is a humble journey of dependence on a Father who adores us no matter how wildly, loudly, or inappropriately we kick and scream. How could we miss that? I told you this story before. I'm going to tell it to you again as we, uh, as we close here. <coughs> There was this young preacher who was candidating at church, and he had done all the diligent study in seminary, got gone to the best schools, all the awards in graduate school. Everybody thought this is going to be the best. This dude is good. And he was full of himself, and he knew he was good. So he had been invited to First Church of Houston to come in and preach. And it was a great privilege. None of the other students would ever get, be given that ball. And he walks into the back. He could have gone around and come in through the side, but that wasn't good enough. He wanted to make sure everybody knew he was here. Walked into the back, full of himself, absolutely confident, sure of how good he was. And he stood up behind that pulpit, having been introduced with all the appropriate titles of reverend and doctor and MA and THM. And, and he opens this beautiful old Bible and it begins to preach. He started out with strength. But as he went on in the sermon, he began to doubt himself and stumble on his words and forget the next point. And by the time he got finished with that sermon, he was a dribbling mess. And he closed his Bible. He didn't want to say hi to anybody. He closed his Bible, didn't even wait for the service to end. Walked off the stage, ran down the side aisle, in tears, got in his car, and left. Congregation sat there stunned. And one older saint named Sarah leaned over to her equally old friend, Esther, and said, You know, Esther, if that young man would have come in like you went out, He'd have gone out like he came in. <laughs> Our journey is a humble journey. Humility is the only corrective lens that brings Jesus into focus. If you don't wear that lens, you can't really see him. On this journey, leave you with this question. How are you walking? How are you seeing? Humble that hope. For our journey to God knows where requires that. Let me give you, a, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing a song and finish with that song, but let me just offer a prayer first. A little spider here is dependent Sitting on the Bjorn, hanging out with his papa, looking at all you and all the lights and liking it. But he doesn't really have a choice. His dad carried him over to the front row. 
his grandmother strapped down the Bjorn, and his dad put him in it, and now I'm holding him in it. He doesn't have the strength to get up out of Bjorn. He can't walk yet. He can't even crawl yet. He just learned to scoot. But we adults, we have something that little guys like this don't have. We have the power of choice. We can choose to be carried by God. We can choose to stand off and watch and admire Him while He carries other people. Or we can choose. We can choose to get in the Bjorn. I don't have to get in. I'll struggle to try to get out once in a while. But Jesus, I want you to carry me. I want to pray a prayer that gives you an opportunity to say, strap me in, Lord. I choose it. I choose humility. I choose dependence. I choose heaven's version of power, of soul. And encourage you as I pray to jump onto that prayer. It's a prayer simple, similar to the one I prayed in January of 1975. I already knew what I believed. I already knew that all this Jesus stuff was true. I was convinced of it. I was just tired of resisting it. And I sat down and I prayed this prayer. Won't you pray it too? And if you do, come and talk to one of us afterward. Because we want to help you on your walk, your journey. Lord Jesus, you're confusing. You're scary. Your church is freaking me out sometimes. But what is this knot in my stomach? What is this pounding in my chest? Why is it I came here today and then came back again and again? I'm hungry for something. Will you fill that void? Will you respond to that hunger? Today, even before I understand you fully, I understand that I long for you. Will you take me just like I am? Let me be one of your followers. Strap me in. I depend upon you to change my diaper and clean up my mess. Make me new. And from this day on, I'm yours. I become a Christian today. Be my leader. Amen. Amen.